knowing the added stress that our patients are experiencing right now, um, you know, I think it's just been really great to see uh, people brainstorm and problem solve and quickly put some different opportunities in place for patients. This is the James Cancer Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today my guest is Annie Trance. Annie is the Associate Director of James Care for Life. James Care for Life offers an incredible array of free programs, workshops, lunch and learns, exercise classes, and many more options for cancer patients and their caregivers. But what about now, in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, when cancer patients need to maintain physical distance. Annie will fill us in on how James Care for Life is offering a wide range of virtual online options. But first, we'll talk about the importance of maintaining social connections for cancer patients, always and even more so now. Annie was a clinical social worker at the James before she was named Associate Director of James Care for Life, and she also oversees psychosocial oncology. So this is another of her many areas of expertise. Welcome back to the podcast, Annie. Thank you. So let's start with that all important aspect of, people are calling it social distancing, but we don't like that term. We like to say physical distance. Why is it important always for cancer patients? And then give us some tips on how people can, can do that now when they, they have to be safe. Yes. So I think you made a really great distinction right there is talking about physical distancing really being the thing that we'd like to to call this because social distancing is not really what we want people to be doing right now. Um, You know, and I think when we talk about social support and um, support in general, really what we're talking about is, you know, a variety of different types of relationships that people have in their life, you know, both formal and informal that really make up an entire support system. And that support system has really been found to be vital in helping people adjust to crisis situations and in particular illness and cancer. Um, And really the basis of that is that these relationships are helping navigate um, all of the various coping needs that uh, someone who is living with cancer experiences. You know, everything from providing advice and problem solving, information finding, to those emotional needs, um, you know, providing reassurance, comfort, and love. And even also helping provide that support that's needed in practical ways of your life, such as, you know, meal planning or childcare or transportation. And so a support system is really vital to how somebody is coping, how they're feeling, and how they're adjusting to all of the changes that they're experiencing. So that's... That's under normal conditions. It's right. so important and perhaps easier because you can visit people and they can go to meetings and get that support at James Care for Life. But what about now? Right. You know, the idea of physical distancing is not necessarily new for people who are diagnosed with cancer. You know, oftentimes um, because of certain treatment regimens um, and having an already weakened immune system, you know, cancer patients have made 
quite significant changes in their day-to-day life to keep themselves, um, you know, healthy and, and being able to tolerate the treatments that they're on. The difference now is that, you know, the rest of the world is going through it. So everybody is isolating. Um, and also there's this extra heightened sense of fear for people who are living with cancer because of their added um, uh, risk of having cancer um, history or currently being on treatment. And so there's just this heightened sense of fear, of uncertainty um, that's really creating um, a lot of anxiety for people. Um, and so I think maintaining that support that we know is needed, that we know helps people adjust and cope um, is very important right now. And it takes a lot more effort than it probably did uh, just a few months ago. It's kind of, kind of funny. It seems like it's been a year ago of how drastically things have changed, but it's really been a few months that, that we've been in this state. You know, it's, um, interesting, it's interesting you mentioned that, that it seems longer than it's been. Oh, yeah. It's strange how we adapt fairly quickly to a new environment. Exactly. I mean, I think that really highlights, too, the resiliency of people and kind of where we're at in adapting to these quick changes. But certainly that does not come without stress. Um, and I think people are feeling that across, you know, um, across the board and certainly our patients are because not only are they, um, you know, needing to protect themselves, but they're having, you know, disruptions to their own cancer care, um, you know, almost virtually overnight, it seems, or we have transitioned to telehealth um, and changed the way that we're delivering services to patients. So, the, you know, their healthcare team, which makes up a part of their support system, uh, patients may not be having as frequent contact um, or contact in the same way with their healthcare team that provided that extra support and reassurance to them. Yeah, we had Dave Cohn, the chief medical officer of the James on uh, two episodes ago, who talked about that and the incredible growth of telemedicine and that people still, patients still can stay connected to their doctors, but in new ways. And, and sometimes that can be easier. They don't have to travel an hour or two. Oh, yeah. I think it kind of um, it, it kind of goes both ways. I think it can serve as a reassurance for people for not having to go out into spaces um, that they're not comfortable with and that really we are trying to create less exposure to. So, you know, being able to connect with your provider, therapist, um, healthcare team from home is a really essential option. Um, and then for other people, I think it also kind of creates a little bit of stress um, in having to adapt to a new way of talking with your healthcare team. Um, and not everybody is as comfortable with, um, you know, a video visit uh, or a visit over the phone. Um, you know, n- not everybody has the same level of uh, comfort with that. With technology can be the hurdle. Correct. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And you talked about um, telehealth and appointments. Let's talk about the psychosocial oncology aspect of it. Are you and your team are still meeting virtually with people all the time, right? 
Yes, we are. So um, we have adapted to telehealth with all of our psychosocial oncology experts. So that involves um, clinical psychologists and licensed clinical social workers who provide um, assessment and counseling on the impact that living with cancer is having on someone's life. And it also provides caregiver counseling as well. So if you are a caregiver in need of individual counseling, um, the psychosocial oncology department also provides that service as well. Um, and all of that right now has been converted to virtual telehealth. So through a video visit um, or a telephone appointment, but primarily it's, it's happening through video visits. Is there a way that what or where what do patients do if they would like James patients do if they'd like to set up a virtual psychosocial oncology meeting? Yeah. So um, if it's a patient, you do need a referral. So talking with somebody from your healthcare team about that, um, and they can place a referral in our office, we'll reach out to you to schedule an appointment. Um, if you are a caregiver and are looking for counseling, you do not need a referral and can just call the psychosocial oncology uh, department directly. Uh, and that phone number is uh, 614-366. 8700. Okay, 366-8700. Okay. I should, yeah, and just one more thing I should also add is that a part of that, uh, uh, those services as well do include art and music therapy. So we have um, an art and music therapist who do individual uh, sessions with patients and caregivers, and that additionally um, happens by either a referral or calling that clinic directly too. And those are also being done virtually as well during um, the COVID-19 uh, safety precautions. Okay, those are just two examples of the many James Care for Life programs we're gonna get to in a minute. But first, I wanna talk a little bit about, a lot of people have been talking about um, connecting through Zoom, Skype, and other sorts of ways in which you can, you know, feels like you're there rather than a telephone call. And we're doing this podcast uh, by Zoom. Um, I'm in my home. Paul, our, our producer engineer, is in his, his home. And I, I think in looking at the background, you are you at home? I am actually in my office at Ackerman right now. Okay. Safely yeah. in your office. Okay. Safely in my office, yes. But what have you have you what have you heard from people about the importance of or how they're organizing Zoom family events? Like earlier today, my niece in London it's her birthday, so about twelve of us we did a quick Zoom call to wish her happy birthday. Yeah, you know, I think in some ways with all of our the techno, um, technology available to us that we are in a better place to deal with something like this physical distancing right now because there are so many ways that we can still connect with our loved ones um, through video conferencing, through, you know, FaceTiming, um, text messaging, email. I mean, these are really important ways that um, we can still stay connected with people. And I've actually been hearing, too, that people are connecting um, with with loved ones, trusted people that they, you know, more frequently now because uh, there's more time um, or you're really like being creative and, and nurturing those connections that, you know, that we need right now. And so um, I think that's a really 
uh, important thing to pay attention to um, and to set aside time to to this these avenues that are available to us right now um, so that even though we are still physical distancing uh, from afar, we're still able to emotionally connect um, and kind of get our supportive needs met in that way. Okay, that's a great point. And we're going to take a quick break. And we and when we come back, Annie's going to fill us in on all the James Care for Life options that people still have. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back with Annie Trance, the Associate Director of James Care for Life. And so, Annie, let's, James Care for Life just offers... I mean, hundreds and hundreds of programs throughout the year, and you've had a sort of, in the sense of in-person events, shut that down for safety reasons. So fill us in on everything you're doing virtually, online, and, and so on. Yeah. So, um, you know, with our department, you know, our goal is really to provide supportive and educational uh, programs, experiences, interventions for caregivers, for patients, and for families. And so um, in looking at um, the state of the world that we are now, we have tried very quickly to adapt many of our programs to a virtual format. Um, Some were easier to do than others. Um, uh, However, we found that um, many of our programs have been very adaptable to a virtual format. program. So essentially what we have converted um, are a lot of our educational programs. So things like our lunch and learn um, classes um, that involve oncology rehabilitation uh, topics. One of the ones coming up for May is about making the most of exercising outdoors. So kind of very timely for where we are right now. Um, A lot of the topics of the classes that we're offering right now um, also, are there programs that we always offer, but we're choosing topics that really relate to um, the state of the world right now, knowing that people are at home, knowing that people have less options of where they're going and, and who they're spending time with. Um, so, Some of the other educational programs are some of our Ask the Expert series. In May, we have an Aging with Cancer series that really focuses on medication safety and use of over-the-counter supplements. Um, Also, an Ask the Expert um, on our CLL group with sexual health. Um, We also have converted um, our yoga uh, series into a gentle yoga workshop uh, that's coming up in May as well and will be held virtually by one of our yoga facilitators. Um, our music and art therapy groups are also being held virtually and for next month uh, the music workshop series is on stress management and the art therapy group is on making um, use of kind of garden metaphors to cope with uncertainty and build resilience. 
We've also changed some of our mind, body, spirit programs to a virtual format. Um, our mindfulness workshop that focuses on restorative sleep is coming up in May. And many of our nutrition programs and gardening programs have also been converted to a virtual format for the month of May, for well, April and May. Um, so some of those topics are coping with eating problems from cancer treatment, uh, growing a family vegetable garden, um, another topic is can a plant-based diet help the immune system and eating yeah, the in answer season? To, the, answer to that is, the answer to that is yes, right? The, the answer uh, to that is yes. <laughs> yes. Plant, we know that from talking to a lot of your dietitians. A plant-based diet helps the immune system. It does. And so I think that's a very timely topic also um, right now as we're really trying to do, um, everyone's trying to do what we can and focus on what we can control. Eat your vegetables. So much is yeah, so much is out of our control right now, and these are some of the things that are within our control. Um, we also are looking at our Garden of Hope program, um, which typically starts uh, June and lasts through all of September. Um, that program, too, we are still determining kind of how we're going to deliver um, that program differently this year, but we are still offering um, new participants into this program, and we do have a garden orientation scheduled for the end of May. Um, just to I, learn. Just, I just want to let people know that may not know the Garden of Hope is an actual garden, a large garden. It is. Your team grows food, and cancer patients are invited to come and get uh, right. vegetables, delicious vegetables, yeah. Right. Yeah, that program um, is a little more challenging this year um, because we do maintain a 1.5 acre garden and the way that we have um, nutrition classes and dietitians available um, while patients and caregivers and families can come and harvest fresh vegetables all su summer long, um, we're still working out really how we're going to still provide those similar types of interventions. But potentially in a modified format this year. So kind of more to come on that, but we are still moving forward with the program and we do have an orientation scheduled at the end of May. Um, we also have transitioned our uh, monthly program for young adult cancer survivors, which um, really focuses on coping topics uh, specific to people between the ages of 18 and 39. Um, and next month's discussion is really about coping with social isolation uh, during the COVID-19 outbreak. And that's facilitated by our um, adolescent and young adult uh, social worker here at the James. Um, additionally, we do have, uh, we did have one support group that has always met online. That's our caregiver support group. All of our other support groups are uh, in-person groups, and we have not adapted them to an online format yet for various reasons. Uh, however, that is something that we are looking at potentially moving to, uh, toward um, in the next coming months. But right now, our online caregiver group um, is next scheduled in May, uh, on May 12th. Additionally, um, we have um, grief and loss programs uh, that are scheduled uh, for an online format as well. We have two grief workshops as well as um, a loss of spouse or significant other support group. That group meets for about four weeks um, and that is also going to be held online as well. 
And I also would like to mention our HOPE program, which is um, HOPE stands for Helping Others Through Peer Experiences and essentially is a peer matching program. So it matches cancer patients or caregivers to someone who's had a similar experience with cancer. And the great part about this program is that it does not have to be done in person. Many of our matched um, pairs are talking via telephone, text message, email, uh, video conferencing. And so it's just a really great opportunity for people who want to connect to someone with a similar experience um, who may have been cut off from other cancer patients right now because of the physical distancing. Uh, so that HOPE program is available both for people who want to be involved as a guide, uh, essentially a, a mentor, uh, and then also for patients who are looking for support um, to be matched with somebody. Wow, that's a lot of programs. <laughs> so, yes. And, and you make it sound so easy as if it was just an, turn a switch and you can adjust and do everything virtually. But I know from experience that to do what you've done requires great leadership and a motivated team. And that, that seems what you have at, at James Care for Life. You know, we are a small but mighty team. I will say that the staff are wonderfully dedicated to meeting our patients' needs. And so knowing the added stress that our patients are experiencing right now, um, you know, I think it's just been really great to see uh, people brainstorm and problem solve and quickly put some different opportunities in place for patients. Do you think that down the road, once we get back to normal, whatever that normal will be, that you'll have learned a lot of lessons from doing these things virtually online that you'll use as you go forward and that more people will be open to getting involved in your programs online and that you may even offer more things online because and expand your audience beyond Central Ohio and even nationally or internationally? Absolutely. I think that um, one of the things that this pandemic has done has really kick-started uh, where we need to be because we know that our patients are traveling from all over. They're not always just local. So being, you know, attending an in-person class is not it has never really met everybody's needs. And so um, also some folks might not be feeling well enough to come into an in-person uh, session or have transportation barriers or whatever that there, there may be. So I think that this has really kick-started um, where we were thinking of heading and where we need to be in order to expand our, our reach, in order to expand um, meeting uh, the variety of need that exists uh, with our patient population. Wow. It's, it's, it's really amazing all that you offer. And let's make sure we let people know where to find it. So where, what is the website people should go to to find and learn about all these dozens, if not hundreds of programs you just mentioned? Yes. So um, all of our programs you do need to register for. So going to our website, which is cancer.osu.edu slash JCFL, that takes you straight to James Care for Life's webpage. And at the very bottom, um, there's like a scrolling upcoming events uh, tab and all of the upcoming programs are there and you just click on that um, and it takes you right to the registration. Um, and 
if anybody has questions or they're unable to access the web page for whatever reason, you can always give us a call at 614-293-6428, or you can always email us at jamescareforlife at osumc.edu. Okay, great. I just want to repeat the website, cancer.osu.edu slash jcfl. And every program is free. Every program is free. Okay. Well, Annie, thanks to you and your team for coming through during these difficult times. It's been a pleasure, to be honest. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.